Uh, you're listening to Packers Blitz with my co-host Andy, the podcast done by two diehard Packer fans who survived Packer football of the 80s and live to talk about it. This podcast is dedicated to the greatest fans of them all, and that is Packer fans. And Andy, take it away. That was actually me clapping a second ago, John. Hey, Packer fans out there. Welcome to Packers Blitz. So before we we get into Packer news and the game review and all that good stuff, I just want to know. So how you doing? So how you doing, John? Oh, sorry. Yeah, let's get that. Kind of rude to me. Um, I'm doing okay. We could be doing better, right? Uh, Yeah, have a little bit of. I'm not well. There was a reason that we didn't do the podcast on Thursday. Yes, exactly. And and we'll, yeah, we'll 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 talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, we'll talk about that. But I'm doing good. I heard you had a day out with the wife, so that's always good, right? Always (laughs) uh, the perfect day when that happens. Yes, always got to take care of the wife. So. (laughs) before we get to the Packer news and game review, like I said, is that the real Aaron Rodgers out there? I really want to know that Andy, because I think it's his doppelganger, uh, that Frank dude from Germany that they showed at the, uh, showed at the game last year. And I think earlier this year they showed him. And if it is Frank, get the hell off the field, Frank, and let the real Aaron Rodgers get in there. Right. Right. Andy, come on. Right. Yeah. Definitely a doppelganger. It's got to be. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we'll talk about it here in game view. So let's get right to it because, you know, <clears throat> I first want to do Packer news. Let, let me back up here for a second. So, duh, Caleb, uh, Amari Rogers let go. That's not a surprise, right? Kalen Hill was a little bit of a surprise, but from what I heard is that, and this is from like the Green Bay Press Gazette and Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, is that he kind of had a bad attitude. And I think Matt LaFleur was like, yeah, you have a bad attitude. You can't be here. So that was a little bit of a surprise. And then we got a punt returner, D.D. Westbrook, who has, by the way, eight career fumbles (laughs) and on thursday we had oh keyson nixon returning the punts and old man cobby out there so yeah i mean that was a little bit ridiculous andy do you have anything about the news just in general well, I did. Uh, I did want to mention again and start to cut you off, John. Uh, Amari yeah. Rogers, uh, you know, third round pick. That draft is looking worse, worse and worse and worse for us, <laughs> and that's a topic for another show, actually. Yes, we'll get. Into um, that. And I think that was the the uh, draft that we got Stokes in. That was twenty 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 one. Correct. That is correct. Okay. Yeah, they were. They did an article on it that I read, um, mm. and we will. Probably have to look at that again mm-hmm. um, for a later podcast because uh, it's not looking good right now. Yeah, um, a lot of the the guys that we had drafted, including the center Myers in the either the fourth or fifth round, he pl- has been playing okay. He played a little bit better last year, so 
again, a topic for another day, but it was a, not a total surprise that we cut Amari Rogers. I think out of the two uh, players, he was the one that, um, you know, had more yeah. uh, draft capital invested in him. So yeah, um, probably yeah. the bigger surprise out of the two, I think you're right, was uh, Kylan Hill. I, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah, Kylan Hill. And uh, the running back. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, he was drafted a little bit later in that draft. Yeah, seventh but, round. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't blame LaFleur at all. And according to what um, you had heard and what I had read too, because I read so- several articles on it, um, yeah, things weren't going well <laughs> with him. And yeah. as far as uh, not really um, meeting expectations and then his whole um, compatibility with the organization. So sometimes when you have that cancerous tumor, you have to cut it out. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, so. But the better news, Andy, if you could talk about Leroy Butler. Yeah. Things to share. Yeah, uh, defensive back, cornerback, and safety for the Packers. I believe originally he was uh, cornerback, and they eventually moved him to safety because they thought that he would be a little bit better suited for that. He wasn't always the fleetest of foot, but no. he was a very instinctive player. Uh, so I believe that's why they did it, but I'm not part of <laughs> that particular uh um, group that made that decision, but um, I believe that's what it was. Um, so anyway, he um, he played for the Packers from uh, 1990 to 2001, which was 12 seasons. He spent his entire career, which is really admirable with yeah, the Packers. That's so that was that was pretty awesome. He, uh, whenever you hear him talk, whether it's on a in a induction ceremony for the Packers or whether it's probably going to be in his Hall of Fame speech. I think that's one of the things that he's most proud of. And that has to do with his upbringing and with his mom and whatnot and being loyal and and whatnot. So it was great that uh, they could recognize him. Uh, They had a special halftime ceremony. Uh, He was presented with the Pro Football Hall of Fame Ring of Excellence. He's in the uh, class of 2022. Uh, he's going to be inducted. Um, and then his uh, name was also added to the Lambeau Field facade. So if uh, Packer fans out there, you're at the game at Lambeau, you will see his name immortalized up there with the great Packer greats. Uh, he was the first defensive back in NFL history to record at least 35 career interceptions and 20 sacks, which is pretty wow. darn amazing. That is. Uh, he was a Super Bowl champion uh, in Super Bowl 31, uh, four-time uh, first-team All-Pro, four-time Pro Bowler, member of the NFL 1990s All-Decade team, and again, a Green Bay Packers Hall of Famer. Uh, he was also immortalized uh, in that uh, he was the first one uh, that did the Lambo leap. The first Lambo oh, yeah. on, yep, on December 26th of 1993. So congratulations to Leroy and uh, and on to our game preview uh, where there weren't there weren't enough Lambo leaps for the pack on Thursday night. Yeah, so let's. <laughs> Uh, let's get to this. Um, 
Okay, so I like to use like one word to kind of like sum up games, right? I think it's really easy to do that, and people kind of get it, right? So the loss to the Lions was humiliating, okay? That's the word I wanted to use, and I used. Good word. <laughs> I would like to use the word embarrassing, and this is what I said about last week's game. Balance. That's the reason we won. Balance in the passing game, balanced in the running game. This game had no balance, no urgency. You know, I always tell if you're losing and you're you're struggling, you want you want to play like your ass is on fire. You want to get out there. You want tempo. You just want to go, go, go because you're like, at very least, okay, we're going to just come at you and you uh either one will get too tired to make a mistake and we'll beat you or at the end of the day you'll say hey you guys really came at us and boy you, it was a challenge right and really with one thing i really saw was the defense played okay gave us the ball a couple of times we did nothing with it christian watson seems to be the real deal he is have five touchdowns in two games. He's definitely uh, definitely a win for us. Uh, Quay Walker showed some flashes on defense. Special teams is still an issue. And like I said, we signed a punt returner, D.D. Westbrook. He didn't even play. So I, I, just before I get to Andy's review, Andy, I have a question for you, a little trivia question. When was – and you, you see the answer, but <laughs> – don't don't say it. Okay? Oh, do I? <laughs> when was the last time the Packers returned a punt for a touchdown? Yes, for a touchdown. You can see the answer, but I want you to. St- if you didn't know, if you couldn't see the answer, what would you say? Well, if I hadn't saw the answer, which I did. But if I hadn't seen it, I probably would have made a crack that the last time that I saw a punt return for a touchdown would have been in um, the Super Bowl. But that would have been actually a kickoff return. I believe that I don't think that was a punt return in the Super Bowl 31, which we talked about just a few minutes ago that Leroy Butler was in. Uh, so we had, I think we had a kickoff for a for a you touchdown. Would be yeah. Wrong. yeah, that would. Yeah. And, I, oh, okay. So, okay. Last time, <laughs> this is nuts. The Green Bay Packers returned a touchdown, a punt return touchdown, was against the Lions on December 28th, 2014. That's mm. eight years ago, almost a decade. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, that's insane. I mean, what? We brought Rich Braska, whatever his name is, brought him in, this guru, and he, he has done literally nothing. We brought guys in from his team, the, the, the Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, who are just special team guys, and they've done nothing. So when you combine it in, we don't have a plan. We have no urgency. We, we have really nothing uh to show for from that great momentum from the dallas win i I just couldn't take it and i didn't i watched most of the game and then near the end there i was like this is crazy 
I can't I can't do this anymore. So anyway, that's my thoughts. Andy, your thoughts. Uh, why don't you hit us with some stats and some other uh, insight? Yeah, John. Um, well, first of all, you know, it was a really, really um, tough game. Um, and it took uh, like I had kind of mentioned earlier about, you know, about three days uh, to finally uh, to do this podcast, to do Packers Blitz. And uh, <laughs> there, there is a sense of urgency because now we have to basically win out. Uh, and we don't have much, uh, you know, margin for error at all. Uh, no. It's going to take a record of, you know, say 10 and 7, 9 and 8 to get into the playoffs. And right now um, we're 4 and 7. And so what comes to mind is playoffs. You know, seriously, seriously, the division is all but lost. Uh, You've got got Minnesota sitting there, I believe, at eight wins. And they Uh, only have one loss on the season. And, uh, you know, they're almost they're almost there. They haven't uh, I don't believe they've clinched it yet, but they're going to do that pretty soon uh, with either one or two more wins. So. it's not looking good for that part of it. I wish I could say um, that wasn't the case. But so another sad fact, John, and I I kind of um, wrote this out in quotes and everything. But basically, with a win on Thursday night, the Packers would have overtaken the Bears as the NFL's all-time oh, winningest franchise with 787 wins. Unfortunately, that number is still at. 786 and holding. So that was another gut punch because I hadn't realized that till Al Michaels oh, had mentioned it on, yeah. on uh, Prime Video, which was a very interesting fact. And I'm sure somebody in the stats department was handing them something. But, yeah. um, you know, that uh, was actually uh, smart that they mentioned it. Uh, it just made it worse <laughs> that we didn't win. So my five takeaways from the game is that we were uh, number one and number uh, and foremost uh, outcoached by uh, Coach Mike Rabel, uh, who's an excellent coach. And he he should have won head head coach of the year last year. Didn't win it last year. Uh, You know, it's just kind of sad because you got you got Mike LaFleur. Um, sorry, Matt LaFleur, Matt. Uh, that coached with him at Tennessee, mm-hmm. was on his coaching staff, knew Tennessee, knew their players, knew the head coach, and he got out coached. So that's a topic for another day, John. <laughs> right. You know, is Mike, Matt LaFleur, sorry, keep saying Mike, uh, Matt LaFleur, the, the answer, you know, for, you know, the Packers and for their coaching uh, positions. So, yes, the Packers were 13 and 3, 13 and 3, and then I think 13 and 4. The other podcast, I think I said 13 and 3 again. But um, so we've been winning the last three years, 13 wins every single year, which is awesome. Um, but again, uh, against really good teams and really good coaches, for whatever reason, uh, Matt has not stepped up. And uh, he was, again, um, on so many different levels. I mean, in, in pretty much every phase of that game, 
uh, they were out coached and out schemed. Uh, that's a testament to um, Mike Vrabel and his staff. And uh, hats off to them. And and you know they they beat us. Uh, so and they beat us. Uh, they manhandled the Packers in the trenches, and uh, we lost because of it. Uh, so By the unfortunately, way, Andy, just really quick. Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, one thing sure. I forgot to uh, put in Packer news is <laughs> this makes it even worse. We brought in a new coach called Aubrey Aubrey Pleasant from Detroit. He was the guy who got fired from the Lions. He was the cornerbacks uh, coach. He worked with Matt LaFleur at with the Rams, and he was brought in to look at the Packers' offense and try to improve it from a defensive way so the Packers could be more uh, efficient. Uh, that did not work, obviously. Nope. It did not. <laughs> so anyway, you you were going in, yep, lost in the trenches, no sense of urgency. Well, that's what Mike Vrabel is all about. He's tough. He's physical. He played the game before. Okay. Uh, I believe linebacker for the Patriots. New England Patriots, right? Sack um, Rogers twice in his career. So again, he, he has a culture. Mm -hmm. He has an identity. He, he finds a way to motivate his players that they play hard for him. And for us to be at home and for us to play like that and just seem, it seemed at times that we were just not even excited and motivated. <laughs> and I understand yeah. it was 20, what, six no degrees urgency. or whatever it was, but still it's, it's, this is what you play for. These are the moments mm -hmm. uh, that you have to step up. So exactly. there wasn't that sense of urgency and the intensity that we needed to win uh, and that nonchalant attitude that it seemed like they had wasn't going to cut it against a well-coached team, a very physical team uh, like the Titans. You can't do that against really good teams. They were the number one seed in the uh, AFC last year, I believe. Yes, in and fact, they lost. I, it. I know it's that. Like <laughs> <laughs> yes, they lost in the very fir first game against Cincinnati. First game but, against Cincinnati, I, yeah. sacked Burrow nine times and still lost that game. Right. Yep. Yep. So there was a lack of. Also, this is well the fourth thing. I'm sorry, I'm not really numbering them off, but the fourth thing was the lack of execution in all phases: defense, offense, special yeah. teams. The defense couldn't get off the field. There were sustained drives. Uh, in the second quarter, there was a drive, I believe, that the Titans had that was 18 plays. 18 yeah. plays. Right. The offense, in a nutshell, Tannehill outplayed Rodgers. <laughs> he outplayed them. He, he had You're 300. Right, he and, did. He did. This is off the top of my head, actually, John. 333 passing yards, That's... two touchdowns, and one interception. And the under, one interception was awful yeah, and gave us an opportunity to get back into the game. But in the end, it didn't even hurt him or hurt no. uh, hurt the Titans. So, yeah, yeah, and, and then the last thing uh, on special teams again, we had a blocked extra point, I think it was. Uh, we had to go for a two-point conversion later in the game. Again. You know, Seriously, seriously, Packers, come on! Yeah. Like, can we get special teams right? So, can we? no. And then probably the 
the number one thing, and I say this for last, this is the fifth takeaway that I had, is that we had horrendous pass defense. And I know yeah. they were trying to stop Derrick Hendry. Duh. Uh, we were playing off those wide receivers. I don't know how far. And there were some <laughs> other far. radio disc jockeys and whatnot I was listening to that were local in Madison uh, that will remain nameless. Um, but there were several of them that were saying <laughs> they couldn't even see our quarterbacks in the screen, whereas the Titans were up and doing press coverage yeah. and, you know, trying to kick the out of us. So yeah. I didn't understand it. Those guys, you got one rookie and then the other guy can't even pronounce his name. And you made them look like they were all world. You're making them yeah. look like AJ Brown. Um, AJ Brown doesn't play for the Tennessee Titans anymore. I know he plays right? for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. But we, yeah. We'll yeah. on Burks, who's supposed to, you know, be his replacement. And you made him look great. That was the first time yeah. he had over a hundred yards. I think yeah. it was 111 off yeah. the top of my head. I think yeah. he had 111 exactly yards. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I looked at the stats and I tried to come up with the one thing. Yeah, we have to stay that positive. positive. Stay positive. The one thing was that we had an interception. Yeah, we did. For the Packers D, that one interception we were talking about. Was so and that was really the only thing out of all the metrics yeah. that you could possibly yeah. look at that um, we uh, were ahead in. Yeah. So we got beat in all three phases of the game. And it was yeah. really hard to come up with some positive things, but. Well, there yeah. we go. There we go. So I cannot figure out Joe Barry. I get it. They're trying to put a pass rush together and you don't want to play up to the line of scrimmage. Uh, with your corners because if Henry breaks one, it's over because no safety in this league is going to tackle Derrick Henry at full speed. That's not happening. You're going to push him out maybe. But Tannehill would get back there, like you said, and he would just flick it. He'd just flick, 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 and you'd be like, okay, that somebody jumped that route. Somebody has to jump that route. Uh, but so, our corners, John, they were hmm. not anywhere close. There were times no. that they're they were running across the uh-huh. field or you know just wide open. Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, you just can't have that. Uh, no, you cannot have that. It's professional football. It's the NFL. You if you get Tannehill, you're in your eleventh game. I mean, for crying out loud! I mean, yeah. come on. And you're at you're home. absolutely right. And we didn't even get to. It's a short week, right? You had this huge momentum. From the Dallas game, it's a short week. You're at home. You're practicing at home. Tennessee played a crappy game against, um, I can't think who it was. It doesn't matter. They went like 14 to 10, had zero offense, looked like crap. So everything was lining up. We had the momentum. We were ready. We were, And, and then we come out and sleepwalk through everything. And, it, 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 again, it's embarrassing. It, it just I'm tired of being embarrassed as a Packer fan. And they got booed. Just one quick thing before I move to our topic. I think it was funny. They got, you know, they got booed. And uh, I was I can't even hear you, John, over the booing. <laughs> <laughs> they were actually booing at, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I was going to bring it up later. 
Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers. That's kind of one of my parting thoughts, which I will yeah, probably repeat well, again. Yeah, sure. And he, his quote was, and I quote, that's interesting. <laughs> Only Aaron Rodgers would be like Spock from Star Trek. Hmm, fascinating. Booing, interesting. Anyway, so anything you want to add really quickly before we move on to today's topic? John, we could we could talk th about this for a while, couldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and people, we want to put this could. back, right? Because it's it's not gonna it's not gonna get any better, right? Yes, but hopefully, so, we can make you feel better by talking so, about. So, it. next topic, John. Moving on. Yeah, are moving we being farved again? Are we being farved again? So, one thing, and Andy has some really good points here, which I'll let him uh, take this. Um, <laughs> One of the things is we've had, like we've said before in this podcast, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, 30 years, and we've gone to three Super Bowls. We are two and one in those Super Bowls. So we're winning the Super Bowl basically every decade, which is maybe not the best, but it isn't better than nothing. Uh, it, I just am shocked that we can never, ever get to a point, and we've had some talented teams. Let's be honest. We had Jermichael Finley and uh, Greg Jennings and, uh, and when Cobb was a little younger and James Jones and um, Jordy Nelson. And I mean, we had some real, that was a talented receiving core. I mean, one of the best ever in Packers history. Sterling Sharp. Remember Sterling Sharp? Barb was thrown to him too. Sterling Sharp, yes. But yeah. he was one guy. Okay, we won one Super Bowl with that receiving court. We should have won two. Anyway, so one of the things, at least two. So, Andy, why don't you talk about the things you put down here of why, or should say, how are we going to get back to a Super Bowl and kind of why we haven't won another Super Bowl with, you know, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. So, Start with number one, weapons and playmakers. So, Yeah, so there's several things that uh, is going to need to happen for the Packers to win another Super Bowl. And so I'm going to go through each one of these. Uh, I've got five five points, but um, and then I'll have uh, probably John. I'll ask John his thoughts on each one. So, yeah, so the first thing was uh, the Packers need weapons. They need playmakers. Offensive league again, you've got the reigning two-time MVP Aaron Rodgers and the Packers brass needs to surround him with more offensive weapons. And so the only first round pick chosen on offensive on the offensive side of the ball recently in recent memory was quarterback Jordan Love, uh, who again we've talked about a little bit is a total bust. And so you have the quarterback, you have Aaron Rodgers, now get him some help through the draft. And so right. you have to use some high draft capital on offensive players. Not that they haven't a little bit here and there. They um, have. You know, we might have had that second round pick, that that running back that's, you know, pretty good, A.J. Dillon. Mm -hmm. um, but what I'm talking about is really, really high draft capital where we're using a first round pick here and there. They've mm -hmm. invested a lot on the defense which doesn't seem to be helping matters too much because no. they look worse than last year's uh, group. So, but anyway, yeah. I'm going to hand it over to John, as, as, at least with the first point, getting us weapons and playmakers. No, Got any you, thoughts on that, covered, John? 
yeah, you covered that really well. You know, I don't have really anything to add other than if you're going to put people on defense and and basically say, we're going to have a great defense. So Aaron Rodgers, hey, sit back and relax. It's okay that you don't have the weapons that you need. We're going to have a defense that's going to give you the ball. So don't worry about it. You might have the ball, you know, five more times a game because of our defense. That hasn't happened. So next topic, uh, if you want to take it over, Andy, with the uh, offensive the, line. Yeah, we are going to need a stout offensive line. We talked a little bit about this last podcast, so I'm not going to go into it a whole lot. But I like what I've seen lately from our offensive line. You had uh, uh, Elton Jenkins playing guard next to Bakhtiari. <laughs> And they did a phenomenal job. I thought the line did a good job. Uh, the run game wasn't great, but they at least protected Rodgers. It wasn't like Rodgers was getting hit a whole lot. He just wasn't finding open people and then uh, hitting them with passes. So we're going to need a stout offensive line moving forward. And you have to protect your uh, franchise quarterback again. Yep. You don't need them pressured, sacked. Um, and so if you're going to make it deep into the playoffs, you're going to have to have a really stout offensive line. And that's what a couple of really good NFC teams have right now. you got the Philadelphia Eagles, who has a, right. have a, just yeah, a massive offensive line. And you've got the Minnesota Vikings. Unfortunately, I hate to mention them, but those two top teams have actually halfway decent offensive lines. So um, again, protect your franchise quarterback. Jordan Love is not it. No. So John, let's go any to the, thoughts? Yeah. No, I, I'm more focused on here, the third one with my boy, recommitment by Aaron. Uh, I'm going to let you go through some of your points, but I just read an article about this. Now, here's the problem with that. Let's put it this way. Let's say you're working at a job, right? And you're the top employee. Everybody knows it. Okay. And you come up to your boss and you say, Hey, I need a little help. You know, could you like uh, hire some people that could help me out with some things? And the boss says, sure. Um, I don't know. Let me, tr let me try this. Let me get a couple of people here for you. And then they bring the people in and you go, these are it. But I, you know, what? <laughs> Come on. And the boss says, well, sorry, this is the best we're going to do, which Gudikins has said to Aaron Rodgers, at least this is Aaron Rodgers. And I quote, we got to do the best with what we have. So, is, do you want to commit to a team that the that the head guy goes, your boss goes, hey, either live with this or leave. That's your choice, pal. So, kind of go into some of the things you have here. That was kind of my feeling on it. Uh, but you have some things about restructuring the contract, contract and about him drinking funky tea and some other things. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, listening to you, I don't know if I'm going to talk about all those things, but, um, <laughs> you know, Rogers has said, has said this, I'm totally committed in this and that, and I would have yeah. to disagree with that because okay, he's, talking, he's talking about retirement all the time. He needs to knock that off right hey, now. so did Favre. Remember Favre for I, like four I know, or five and, years? And he didn't learn a thing there. about what happened with that whole relationship between <laughs> the Packers and Favre. So, yeah, we'll I mean, there. I'm sorry. He he lived it. He was there. He's acting, you know, a lot like mm -hmm. Brett Favre did uh, uh, at the end uh, in some ways. Um, yeah, in some so ways. So he needs to stop talking about the retirement things 
and yeah. just uh, I, I know it's a t what you're saying, John, is a totally valid point. It's a two way street. You've got upper management um, and then you've got, you know, Aaron Rodgers and there needs to be um, a cohesiveness and a togetherness moving forward. And how do you get to that? We thought because of last year, they'd kind of uh, mended some of those fences, so to speak. I don't know if that's the case <laughs> at the moment. I, I don't yeah. really know, but I I'd like I, personally, that. I'd like to see Aaron Rodgers come to OTAs, be with his young receivers, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, spend some time with them, some QT with them, um, just like if he had a, had kids or had a wife and uh, showed some commitment to them. Yeah. That's that's what I'd like to see. That's yeah. not what happened. No, that's uh, not his contract happened. is an albatross around the Packers' necks. Oh, that's going to continue to drag them down. Yeah. Is there a way that we can restructure or do something no. with that? I don't know. <laughs> no. I don't know the answers to that. No, um, I would like to know the answers to that, but yeah. Let Let me just really quickly. Sorry to interrupt you, buddy, but just really quickly remember, people. He's due forty million dollars before june i believe 15th so if um so no uh yeah so before june 15th if we don't do anything that he gets 40 mil but there's something in this clause that if after june 15th we decide like before midnight he uh says well, i don't know we can release him or he, he already retires and we only owe him 15 mil so still it's not going to be cheap it's not like we're going to save a ton of money you can say well yeah you are you're saving like 25 mil right but still we have the bakhtiari contract we have aaron jones do 20 million we have jordan love if we want to keep him he's due 20 mil so <laughs> you, you don't have anywhere to go we're going to probably be like seven to eight maybe a little higher than that obviously if if Aaron, Aaron Rodgers decides to retire and Aaron Jones decides to leave and the same Jordan Love, sure, right? So that was to your next question, kind of, well, a little bit sneaking ahead here. You said drafting the next A-Rod. I'm going to stop you right there. If we do that, <laughs> people will literally burn us, like burn Lambo down because people would be like, now hold on. <laughs> You drafted far. Well, you didn't draft far, but you brought in far. You brought in a rod. Now you bring in a another guy, Hall of Fame quarterback. Like, hold on, you guys are what's going on, right? Because there's teams out there can't even draft one Hall of Fame quarterback. So you can kind of go into that a little bit, but I kind of was like, no, that's not going to happen. And if it does happen, people are going to lose their minds. <laughs> so anyway, if you want to go into that and kind of. How we're going to do that i'd love to hear it well what i meant by that is you have to have a plan moving forward you have to have yeah. goals in mind which is winning a super bowl and as an organization they have to at some point draft an eventual heir apparent to aaron Rodgers. right and so you have to have a plan three years out five years out whatever it is um a rod probably won't be playing another six years seven years he no, won't be sorry said he would we hate to mention tom birdie but he probably won't make it don't get me started uh, on him. that i don't think that's part probably of you know aaron Rodgers' plan no. but in the next few years i mean i think you definitely again as we talked about a commitment to one another and then for them to communicate with him and tell them uh, sorry tell him 
what what their plan is and be transparent and mm-hmm. say exactly. you know we yeah. need to eventually draft a replacement can you help us with this can you nurture that replacement we will commit mm-hmm. to you that's for that's the next <laughs> say three years and they should have did this a long time ago they should well have they did, this, did with did jordan that. love right yeah they did they brought jordan love in and everybody lost their cotton picking minds or cheese right but minds. again a rod was taken by surprise which is not the way to do it moving no. forward so <laughs> you have to be able to again you know communicate with him so yeah so anyway let's yeah. move on to you said money to trade there's some interesting points in here so uh tell me about that maybe i should just should i just read it for verbatim instead of <laughs> winging it okay uh, so the only way for the Packers to surround its star quarterback with talent is either to have a team-friendly deal in place, probably not going to happen, no. <laughs> or have a quarterback that is still on his rookie deal. No. <laughs> right. Well, typically, that's what a lot of uh, yeah, organizations are doing now. They're trying to draft young uh-huh. guys that can play right away so that they can pay their other stars money. So that's what I meant by that. So the team has financial control typically for five years or um you know franchise tag uh even towards the end of the rookie deal so for example the baltimore ravens with star quarterback lamar jackson but look at it right now um that whole relationship between those two has started to maybe go sour a little bit so yeah that's not the best idea to wait (laughs) either so especially when you have your uh, franchise quarterback so um and I don't know if it's coming across the right way, but I'll say it. The pack is currently kind of being held ca- hostage by Aaron yeah, Rodgers' contract to a certain extent. It's easy for John and I to say, "Yeah, hey, Aaron, can you just uh, take take a you know, ten million, twenty yeah, million dollar pay, pay cut?" Yeah. I I understand from Rodgers' standpoint, we're in a small market, the smallest market in professional sports, right? And to a certain extent, he wants his money, so. I do understand. He deserves that. his money, right? Doesn't so he? I think, but he does. It, you know, is there a way to compromise, rework his cap number to free up money? Who knows? But, um, and then uh, I did say, uh, "Hello, Brian Gutekunst. Oh uh, let's God. go get a wide receiver one, like DJ Moore. Uh, use any money that we do have to get a to get a really good player, and and a wide receiver would be nice." Um, so, but you need to try harder, Brian. And, uh, we, uh, what we need to do is since we do have our uh, franchise quarterback, we need to win and we need to win now. So let's, let's do this. You know, let's, let's, let's get to another Super Bowl. Um, otherwise what's the point, uh, do something while you still have the franchise quarterback and, uh, you know, one that is able to take the Packers to a Super Bowl and win it, uh, as Rodgers has done in the past. Uh, so hopefully those five things happen and happen soon. Uh, and, um, you know, hopefully we can have Aaron Rodgers with us, and with the team, a few more years longer. And um, hopefully we don't have to move on from A-Rod, which is a really tough thing to say. Yeah. Again, you're talking to two people who 
watched 80s football with their dads, their uncles, whatever, and it was painful. And we are heading that way. So here's what I want to sum up just really quickly, and let's get on the game preview of the Eagles coming up, is sometimes I look at people like Gutekunst is, we all know people who fail up. So Gutekunst was under Thompson and partly under Ron Wolf. okay? Two legends of general managers, right? So, and he was under McKinsey and Dorsey was there. And um, oh, who else was there? A couple other guys. Oh, Schneider was there. So guys who have won Super Bowls and have been extremely successful. And he's, his draft class, like we just talked about earlier, w- last year was, uh, is, or a couple years ago, I should say, um, 2021, is a disaster <laughs> for the most part. Stokes is playing well. Myers is playing well. Uh, okay. <laughs> really, Kylan Hill gone. Uh, who else is gone? You know, uh, Mari Rogers, we said. So my whole thing is, you know, what the Packers need to do is really take a book from like the, what the Eagles were, were have been done, and they built their depth up. They built their team up around a quarterback, I feel. He's not a Hall of Fame quarterback now. Could be in the future, but he's good enough for them to win. So drafting that Aaron Rodgers apparent, get somebody like Jalen Hurts, who can always keep you in the games, who's not going to make those, oh my God, throws like Rodgers does, but just does enough. So that's really wrapping that up. So let's get on the game preview, Packers-Eagles. Mine is short and sweet. We lose this game, season's over. That's it. Andy, take it from here. <laughs> yeah, so the game is on uh, Sunday, uh, the November 27th at 7.20 p.m., just to let everybody know. So it's a nighttime game. And um, so I watched the entire uh, Philly loss, which was their first of the season against the Washington Commanders last week. Yeah, I saw the highlights. Watched wow. the entire game, start yeah. to finish. And um Philadelphia did lose that game. They played uh, really sloppily. Uh, They had um, four uncharacteristic turnovers. Normally, they're really good with securing the ball, uh, especially um, their maybe future Hall of Fame quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, he he turned the ball over, uh, and Philly turned the ball over quite a bit. Uh, the defense couldn't stop the run. Uh, a couple court, uh, running backs, uh, Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, ran all over them, especially Brian Robinson, yeah, who really surprising. didn't do much against us. No. So uh, the Washington Commanders, too, were susceptible to the pass. They aren't don't have a very good uh, pass defense, and, no. and Hurts only threw for 175 yards. Uh, they lost uh, the tight end, Dallas Goddard, got injured, uh, which didn't help them. And then uh, the surprising thing, not too surprising, but uh, the commander's defensive line controlled the line of scrimmage against one of the top, if not the top, offensive line in the NFC. Uh, maybe only second to San Francisco 
uh, the 49ers win healthy. Win healthy. <laughs> and so I also watched early in the year, and I just want to mention this because the Vikings lost. <laughs> Vikings lost uh, 24 yeah, to 7 out. against them in week two. Blew them out, yeah. Yeah, I watched the entire game. That uh, Actually, uh, Philadelphia looked awesome, totally awesome in that game. And just, you know, Kirk Cousins looks Kirk Cousins looked like Kirk Cousins usually does on national TV. Yes, I think it was a Monday night game. He looked just awful in that game. And so I uh, just want to repeat that several times. Uh, so anyway, it's kind of a, a change for Philadelphia in that they, they didn't look good the last game against no. Washington, but again, early in the year against the Vikings looked pretty awesome. So I don't have the uh, red zone channel like John has, so I don't look usually watch every single game. But those two games, I did watch uh, Philadelphia play. Um, so I, I, you know, I think uh, for the Packers, I guess, yeah. What's what's the point? What's the point of all this? Uh, the point is, is that our recipe to win is going to be to probably try to run the ball, uh, like the Commanders did that game, and we didn't do a very good job against the Titans. Uh, we did a better job against Dallas. It's going to have to look a little bit more like Dallas if we have any chance of winning. Uh, the the offensive line and the defensive line for the Philadelphia uh, football team uh, for uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are really, really good on both sides. They're very, very deep and they're very, very large gentlemen. And I say yeah. that because, of course, I don't, you know, if they actually listen to this pod podcast, I wouldn't want them to, you know, get, get mad at me or anything. <laughs> so, but uh, they they are are a tough matchup, uh, just like the Titans were. They're a lot like the Titans are from the AFC. I think Philadelphia is a very similar team from the uh, AFC. So yeah. um, I'm not going to make any predictions like last time. No, that because if we lose, <laughs> so, right. So if I'm not going to do both. that. So we have to win. Know. We have to win. All right. So let's end the show here, Andy. Uh, closing uh, thoughts. And we always like to end it positive on Packers Blitz. That's for, that's for sure on Packers Blitz. We try our best, even after last game, to stay positive. So remember, Packer fans, we love football. We love the Green Bay Packers. We stop. Please stop booing the team and Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Uh, the reality is the team and its fans need to keep the faith, support our team, and go, Pack, go. Yes. Well, well said. So mine is just really one quick thing, uh, and we'll have him as a guest later on. Uh, I haven't talked to Andy about this, but one of my friends made this documentary called Last Day at Lambeau about the Favre Packers divorce. I put a link up on our uh, website, uh, Packers Blitz website, please watch it. And if you could do, give him a little bit of money because <laughs> he did this independently. He's a good guy. Like I said, we'll have him on the show later. It's a brilliant documentary. Uh, Andy, check it out. Uh, it's right on our website if you, ha if you haven't watched it already. And I just want to borrow a line from the movie Anchorman. Stay classy, Packer fans. The season isn't over yet. We love you. And we will hopefully see you next week. It's Thanksgiving. We'll be watching a bunch of football, eating turkey, getting fat. But I'll talk to Andy and hopefully you can have another podcast out there. So good night, Packer fans. Andy, anything else? Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. And uh, enjoy it.
Enjoy it. Love you, Packer fans.